0: Hello, my name is Lexi. I'm the founder of The Black Space, and in today's podcast, I will be talking with my good friend and fellow colleague Taylor about our experience as psych majors at a predominantly white institution, also referred to as a PWI. Let's let's talk about why you left the psychology department.
1: Okay, well I'm a new international relations major, psych sociology double minor. And I came into um, college as a psych major and I left because I felt like it wasn't the actual way that our community needed help Um, it all started when I went to Haiti for 10 days Um, and I was like working with people down there and like learning about like their political system and how the United States has impacted that and I realized very quickly that there needs to be like structural change and it needs to be at least for me like my place was to be higher than just like sitting in an office as a psychologist because that wasn't my passion Um, but I feel like that is very important and there needs to there needs to be people that do that because that is just one piece of like the structural change that I think needs to happen.
0: Okay, now, can you describe the classes you took as a psych major? Now, did they offer any insight into issues that affected the black community or maybe provided some historical context about, like, black psychologists or any other minority-based psychology?
1: So, all of the classes I took before I switched were either, um, like, math like statistics and like research methods or um like anatomy and like brain science and like social psychology um none of which actually talked about like real issues i would say which was another problem that i had with the whole like psych department was that we were sitting in class talking about the research that happened like hundreds of years ago or whatever And it wasn't actually something that could be applied to right now, like, until I go to grad school. And I wasn't learning about, like, anyone of color, pretty much. It was basically just, like, the standard psychologist, like, everyone knows. Like, Freud and et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, one of the main reasons I started the Black Space was because, throughout my college experience, I never heard about Kenneth B. Clark. I never learned about George Sanchez or all these other minority psychologists that really changed the field for people like us. You know, Kenneth B. Clark is the psychologist that did the doll study that helped us win the Brown versus Board of Education ruling. You know, and if I did learn about black psychologists, it was only because my black professor went out of their way to educate me about my own people. I probably learned more about black psychologists in my black activism class than I did throughout my psychology experience, which is sad because I had to go to another department to learn about myself.
1: And this is going to sound really sad, and I personally should probably do better, but, like, I don't—I couldn't even name a psychologist of color. Yeah. Like— and that's not uncommon but like it should still be something that I know and I've taken classes outside of the psych department and like that's where you learn about like people of color like you were saying like in your black activism class or like I took like a class on contemporary America and like we talked about people of color in that sense but that's not like that is applicable to psych Mm -hmm. but it's not a psych class that I'm able to like take into a career.
0: Yeah, and I feel like this is an issue that further perpetuates the negative stigma in the black community towards mental health because we're constantly told therapy is a white thing, psychology is a white thing. You know, the origins of psychology itself aren't very kind to people like us. I mean, we, being black was equated to having leprosy in the early... (laughs) Stage of psychology was pretty problematic. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, we made some progression, but I believe we can make a lot more.
1: I would agree, and I still definitely think that that stigma exists. Um, like I was, and like another thing, another reason I left is because I had to actually leave the psych department to actually apply it to our community. Mm-hmm. So, like for example, I was working with um, a nonprofit in South LA, and. I, like, met with them, and I was like, oh, so, like, I'm here working for you, like, what do you, like, what do you want to accomplish? Yeah. Like, how can I help? And they were like, well, we want to do something around mental health, and I was like, oh, like, that's very interesting, like, I was surprised to hear that from a predominantly black organization, and they were like, yeah, like, our kids have started, like, making fun of each other, like, if they, when they're sad, or, like, basically not expressing their emotions appropriately. Mm-hmm. And I basically spent three months with them, like, creating this whole protocol to help kids not only realize that, like, everyone has feelings, everyone gets sad, like, people face depression, like, people of color face depression, and, like, it doesn't always look the same as, like, we're used to, like, hearing about in our psych classes, and we, like, had to do all these forms, and we had to meet with parents, and parents were, like, why are you doing this? Our kids don't need therapy. Like, they took it almost, like, offensively. Yeah. That we were, like basically saying, like, something's wrong with their children. Yeah. Which is not at all
0: what we were saying. Yeah. Um, I read an interesting research article called The Weirdest People on Earth, and it talked about how the subject pool that's primarily used in psychology is white undergraduate students and how those findings are universalized to all people, which is problematic in itself. Right. (laughs) And then we have these psychologists advocating for diversity within the field, but they're publishing problematic things. Like, I'm looking at a paper right now that literally said Martin Luther King promoted colorblindness. Now, this paper was written by a non-black woman And she does bring up some good points about how it's important to understand how diversity, specifically race, plays a role in the creations of practices, institutions, and how it affects our experience. But when we have non-black people advocating for the progression of black people without proper insider knowledge, That's when it becomes problematic, which is one of the main reasons why I'm advocating for more people of color in the psychology field.
1: I also feel like there's a part of psychology that wants to be so universal that it takes out the cultural element. And this might just be the sociology major in me, um, because all you do is talk about structure and whatever. Um, But I feel like if you take out the cultural element, Mm -hmm. like you aren't really talking about anything. Yeah. Like, everyone has a culture that influences them, whether that's, like, their race or where they live or their class or the combination of all those things. Intersectionality. Intersectionality. Yeah. Thank you. The word of the year. <laughs> Snaps for that. Um, but, like, it wants to be so universal that it takes that out and it's like, well, we have to be colorblind because if we're colorblind, we can apply our theories to everyone when, like, in reality... You, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you're, like... I'm sure that this person who wrote... Good intentions. Right. Had good great intentions, intentions. Great intentions. Great intentions, but... Missed the ball. I can Why appreciate, <laughs> like, some of her points, but to say that, like, Martin Luther King was promoting colorblindness, that's probably not correct. Yeah. <laughs> like, definitely not correct,
0: actually. Like, not correct at all. And then another issue... I found as being a psych major and a PWI is that in order for me to learn about myself and things that are relevant to me, I have to do side research, you know? Yeah. Not saying that not everyone does side research, but in order to educate myself about issues within my community, I myself have to do my own research. Right. Which is kind of problematic. (laughs) Not kind of very problematic. (laughs)
1: But, like, I also feel like not everyone thinks to do that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Like, not everyone's going to question, like, oh, they say, like, when you're depressed, you're tired, and you aren't hungry, and, like, X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. and I don't have any of those things. Like, I'm fine. But then, like, in you, it, like, shows it's, like, different. And, like, I feel like no one, like, or at least most college kids aren't going to go home and be like yeah, I have papers to write and things to read, but let me go do this side research and, like, learn about, like, people, like, of the same race as me. And, like, I would like to say we'd all do that, but, like, that would be a lie.
0: That gets into the issue. I'm not trying to lie on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that gets into the issue where can a black student be just a black college student, or are they automatically a black activist?
1: I feel like it is certain, I mean, for me personally, so I've now started taking international relations Mm -hmm. classes, and it blows my mind how unaware people are of social inequality. Yeah. And again, so I'm a sociology major and black, and like, like I have to know these things, and like, we were talking about like, voting and like basic things and like access to education Mm -hmm. and my professor not even a student because students we can give them that Mm -hmm. they're they're there to learn yeah we'll educate them and Mm -hmm. keep it pushing but like professor like this this person has a phd and she still was like well just vote by mail just go to like your local place and i was like do you not understand like how that's not real Yeah. Do you understand how incorrect that is? Yeah. And then she was saying like we all have the same education and like everyone basically learns about slavery. And I was like, what do you mean we basically learn about slavery? We learn a sugar coated, watered down about black history. Yes. Which
0: sadly we do not have enough time on this podcast (laughs) to properly educate (laughs) people about black history and the.
1: That's like a whole series, like just in itself. (sighs) Yeah. But like. I feel like that's the problem, is that, like, we're, like, like, people of color, like, if they want to be aware, they basically have to do this side research, and then, like, you basically become a black activist, because...
0: Activism through research. Like,
1: you're not going to let your professor stand up there and say, like, we all basically learn about slavery, when that's not correct.
0: Yeah, I had a professor, a clinical psychologist, practicing clinical psychologist, Tell me that racism in America can be solved through interracial breeding.
1: <laughs> I'm almost speechless.
0: Yeah. Which is why wow. we need more people of color in psychology doing research. Right. And just to like,
1: just to keep it going on that mentality, like when I was, uh, I just got back from abroad because that's a part of my academic path as mm-hmm. an international relations major, and the school that I was at had a like on-site psychologist, like in case any of us like had problems like transitioning to a new place, like just needed someone to talk to. Well, long story short, I ended up in her psych class, mm-hmm. and it was psychology in a global context. And I was so excited. I was like, "We're finally gonna learn about some people, and we're like, and gonna learn so much." And I'm so excited. And she passes out paper topics, and you could like put like this list of like in like three, like you put it like a list. And one of them was slavery no longer exists. Was literally like the sentence on the paper, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Heck yeah, write about that!" Like. I'm going to get to do all this research. I'm basically going to say, oh, well, it does exist. Like, it Mm -hmm. just exists in different forms. Like, all this stuff. I was so excited. Well, I handed the paper. I get it back. She gave me a C. Because she didn't want me to tell her why that was wrong. She wanted me to tell her why that was right. And I was like, do you truly truly believe that slavery doesn't exist anymore? And basically what she meant is that, like, black people aren't being hauled off boats and chains unless you talk about, like,
0: which African. current uh, current events say <laughs> otherwise. Um, right.
1: Well, like they're not being like like brought into like, yeah. America was basically like, her point. And then to like get my grade up, she made us all do presentations. And I stood up there and she literally wanted me to say why slavery doesn't exist. So I started the whole presentation with slavery does exist. It still exists. It existed then, it exists now, but it just has taken a little bit of a different form. Kind (laughs) of. And, like, at a certain point, you just, like, can't fight with that kind of ignorance. Yeah,
0: because you get to this point where it's like, okay, is it my self-respect or is it my grade? How can I properly educate someone that refuses to listen to me, but then this person also determines whether or not I graduate, right so do i and like please them or correct them
1: right and like it all comes back to like at least for me like whatever like i know slavery still exists Mm -hmm. i know that to like the foundation of my being and no one's gonna convince me otherwise but like for her i was like okay i need to graduate i need to pass my classes i know this is a lie but i'm but my one paper is not gonna do a anything to have her change her mind.
0: yeah but for me sad, but
1: yeah right that's again a whole nother hmm. time <laughs> <laughs> but like it comes for me like the most frustrating part was she was like the on-site psych- like the on-site therapist and like she was the person that we were all supposed to feel comfortable going to yeah. talk to if we like had problems and i was like how am i gonna go talk to you if you are completely ignorant to the fact that social inequality exists, the prison industrial complex exists, like, how am I going to talk to you about things that are going on in my life if you don't
0: even understand that? Which, again, plays into the negative stigma that psychology is just a white thing. Right. I mean, the research shows, (laughs) okay, that majority of us view mental health treatment as a thing just for white people like oh white people see therapists right white people take pills it's a privilege white people, yeah Is what i like i feel like yeah. that's like
1: the mentality like oh like that's like a privileged thing
0: yeah well white people see therapists because they have money yeah yeah that's probably yeah. that's a problematic view it's a little very bit. problematic view a <laughs> little bit and then talking about you know therapy being a privileged thing social socioeconomic status Is also something that really holds us back from seeking treatment. Like, I did some research and I found out that based on the medium household income for an African American family, if they were to use their money to maybe see a therapist, this is not including gas money, this is not including, you know. Maybe daycare money to drop off their child to go seek this treatment. Or parking, because, you know, some therapists (laughs) have very expensive parking lots. (laughs) It was, like, almost 90% of their weekly income. Like, almost 90% 90%. of their weekly income.
1: I mean, I'm honestly not surprised. Because, like, therapists can charge, like, hundreds of dollars an hour. So, I'm not even surprised. But, like... Or not even bud, but like, ugh. I'm actually speechless. I wasn't expecting a number that yeah, high. Yeah, it's
0: problematic. I think. Well, I said medium household income, but
1: yeah, but still. the weekly
0: earnings, I believe, were like six hundred dollars for a black woman and like six hundred and fifty-two dollars for a black man. That's like the medium, right? Medium, yeah. So the average therapist is what like a hundred bucks <laughs> is cheap, right? That's cheap for right. therapy. <laughs> That's a a lot of Yeah, that's a lot of your income. Not including gas, not including child care, none of that. (laughs) I'm actually
1: speechless. Like, I wasn't expecting that. But like I said, I'm not surprised. Um, But I think that goes back to what we were talking about before in that, like, if we had students of color, like minority students, go to school, become a psychologist, and go back to the community, Mm -hmm. like... Obviously, they're not going to walk into their, their own community and be like, hey, I know we were neighbors, but give me $500 an hour. Yeah. Like, obviously, that's not what it's going to be. But I feel like students are just so discouraged mm-hmm. in that. Because, like, I've also known other students that have, like, struggled in classes, and they've had professors literally question them if they were smart enough.
0: That's problematic. And, like, these
1: are, like, students of color that I know. Yeah. And then, they're, of course obviously discouraged so they're not going to keep going through classes when they're like well this professor doesn't even think I'm smart enough so like why am I going to fight them when I can go somewhere else where I'm appreciated because I feel like that's the other thing is that like students of color become like the pessimistic and like obnoxious in air quotes because they're not actually obnoxious voice in class because they're defending like not themselves, per se, but, like, the experience of people of color. Yeah. Because it's like, well, you can't sit there and tell me that everyone should vote by mail because that's not correct. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me that we all have equal access to education because that's not true. And obviously, I can't just sit there and let you tell everyone this. So, like, of course, I'm going to be the person constantly raising my hand, being like, nope, 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 try again. <laughs>
0: like. Which comes back to the question where can you actually be just a normal black college student or are you always a black activist
1: i mean i feel like there's a certain way to be either like you can either be quiet in classes Mm -hmm. and like only participate like when you're called on and like just know like your truth and your experience Mm -hmm. and be like strong enough in that to just be like this is my experience i know it's incorrect and then yeah i guess you're just a normal black college student but then at least for me I'm a very outspoken person. I like to, like, you're not going to, like, tell me things that are incorrect. Because my thing is, is, like, I'm a strong enough person in my identity, in, like, my self-worth to know that that's not true. But, like, two people over, the little freshman that just got to college, isn't going to have, like, might not have, like, that, like, developed identity. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to have them sitting there, especially if it's a student of color, being like, well, yeah, I guess everyone learns about
0: slavery because... Yeah. It's the power dynamic of being student professor.
1: Right. Because your professor's staying there. They're not going to lie to you, even though they could be just as ignorant mm-hmm. as, like, a random person walking the street.
0: Yeah, I think the act of going to college itself is activism. I would agree. Educating yourself
1: just being is activism. <laughs> yeah, like, especially... I mean, it's a like it's obviously activism and, like, a big step in any circumstance, mm-hmm. but I would say specifically at PWI because you're not the majority. Mm-hmm. Like, no one, like, not everyone's going to look like you. Like, there's not always going to be, like, another black student in your class or if you work on campus. Like, you're always going to have that. And I feel like even though we'd like to say that stereotypes don't exist, oh, uh, well, they do. <laughs> and, like, you have to fight against, like, the angry black woman mm-hmm. or like the whatever like they come up with next kind of situation
0: yeah like when I had that one professor tell me mixed race children you know <laughs> oh my god are the solution to racism <laughs>
1: oh, that's I so, that's so funny to me <laughs>
0: just I mean think think back to the whole brown eye blue eye study you know they were all children right and they found something to fight about,
1: <laughs> right?
0: So, what makes you think that being mixed race is gonna solve racism?
1: Well, there's like
0: there people are always gonna find differences about each other,
1: right? And like there are tons of mixed people, and like being mixed, I think it shows. That's a whole another podcast. Exactly, in itself. like it shows. Like, I I can I can relate to you on that. And like if being mixed was going to solve racism. We wouldn't have colorism. Like like there's so many like there's so many problems with that statement.
0: Yeah. I think if a college is going to prepare you to be successful in your field, they should offer classes that can help you better understand the issues that are prevalent in your community. Because if I did not do this side research, I wouldn't know thing. I wouldn't know that you know only 1 in 4 black people seek mental health treatment. I wouldn't know that when it comes to PTSD, black people are 1.5 times more likely to drop out of therapy or 3 times mm-hmm. more yeah, 3 times more likely not to initiate therapy. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know the facts. Right. Without my own side research, which is so problematic and I feel like especially our department doesn't understand how that is problematic. Right. Like, thank God this professor let me do my own side research, you know. Yeah. Did didn't give me restraints on what I had to look up. And I saw this need for more black psychologists, more black researchers. Because the literature's out there, but it's not being conducted by us. Right. It's not taking into account our experience. You know, I read once that depression is not a problem in the black community because we're resilient
1: i'm not gonna say that we're not resilient because i feel and i see i don't even know if i use the word resilient i feel like specifically like in like our current
0: time we've become kind of numb mm-hmm. to
1: things so it's not even like I guess that is a form of resilience. Well, I think you want to look at it like that, but like...
0: That study plays on black stereotypes of like, we are strong. Yeah. We don't cry. Like, I cry. Same. (laughs) I've never met someone that's never cried before. Right. And it's this whole, like, you're this strong black woman. You can't feel emotions. You need to persevere. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like especially in like academics, like just being black women in academics, right. That's that's pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie, that's pretty impressive. Yes, it is. But, again, being black. In academia. You have to, stereotypically hold yourself at a higher standard.
1: Right. I mean, you're. I for sure understand what you're saying, because like, like at a certain point, you just want to be like oh my god, you're so ignorant, but, Mm -hmm. like, you can't, like, yell at the professor, because Mm -hmm. then you, like, basically get, like, boiled down to, like, again, another stereotype, like, oh, she's just angry. Yeah. Oh, she's just this. Like, Mm -hmm. all these different things. And, like, even for me, like, I've taken into account, like, the way that I dress, and, like, like, other things that others, I feel like other students wouldn't even take into account. Like, I was walking through campus, and I saw a girl, like, a a white girl, in a crop top that, like, barely covered her chest, and, like, low-rise pants. And I was, like, if I went to class like that, like, I feel like I would be stereotyped so quick. Mm -hmm. And then if I wanted to, like, raise my hand and, like, want to correct the professor about something, well, then I'm angry and over-sexualized. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so, like, I don't, I feel like other students don't always, like, take into account, like, those things that, like we are automatically almost programmed to think about, mm-hmm. like, cause like you said, being black women in academia is a huge step, mm-hmm. and like I don't know about you, but like my parents sat me down, and they're like, this is kind of how you have to behave. Yeah, like if you want to be taken seriously, if you want to like have those jobs one day and get those letter of recommendation, like you have to kind mm-hmm. of behave a certain way. Very similar to I feel like the conversation that like parents will have with like young black men, like you can't behave that way like yeah. the like it's like a very similar conversation the talk
0: the talk the talk
1: just in like a different kind of way
0: yeah and it's problematic because like at the end of the day these professors are the ones writing our letters of rec you know right at least my experience with applying for graduate school they want me to get letters from people in my department so when my department is primarily white and a lot of them are saying problematic things how am I supposed to correct them when I need their letter to right. get into these schools? Right.
1: And I am just now beginning like the journey of looking into grad school and like, mm-hmm. starting to come up with those things. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to sit in class and correct you and be like, nope.
0: When you need wrong. to pass me. When
1: I literally, I need you to pass me. And I might, in six months, need you to write a, a letter on my behalf. Mm-hmm. Like saying like, how great of a student I was or whatever when all I did was fight you in your class. Yeah. That's obviously not going to happen. So then it becomes, well, I know, like, I have my own, like, self-truth or whatever Mm -hmm. and, like, that's what I have
0: to, like, hold on to. Yeah. And I don't know how I want to phrase this, but I also have had the experience of the accepting professor the one that's like overly accepting of my black experience and, you know, just constantly, constantly wants to call on me when it comes to issues of minorities. Like where you automatically yeah.
1: representing like the whole race. Like yeah. forget like all these other people, like just you and it's like just your opinion and like I feel like they're overcompensating. To a certain mm-hmm. extent, where it's like, I know, like, there have been race problems, so like, let me overcompensate on this one student in this one class, and like, that's me
0: making it better.
1: And I'm like, but no. <laughs> yeah,
0: like in a social psych class when we talked about white guilt, he asked me, how how I want white people to go about it. How I got, I got how the same how question. do how do I want <laughs> white people? <laughs> to act on their white guilt. His that's his solution question. was white people in power need to step down and let black people or people of color take their positions. But then again, that's problematic because he's basically equating, or not equating, but saying white guilt, black privilege. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I do Like. That's not a solution. <laughs> that's, not,
1: that's really not a solution. That's really only going to cause more problems. It's really funny because I got the exact same question. Like, yeah. what? Like, how do you think? Like, of course, they just randomly call on you, yeah. right? But it's like, hey, you're the one person of color in this class. How would you feel? Yeah, you're like, the
0: token black person. Please speak exact... for everyone in your race. Yes. And not everyone in our race thinks the same.
1: No. Like, that would be yeah. unreasonable. Like, that would even say that about any race. But it's just really funny that, like, there's, like, a need to overcompensate. hmm And, like, if you just taught the facts, if we discussed racism and I raised my hand and I wanted to talk about white guilt and black privilege, like, then it's okay. Because then I'm putting myself out there. But when you call on me
0: and are like, how do you feel? <laughs> like, yeah. And it comes to this issue where cultural competency should be taught to these professors but then you have professors like the one i just explained right. that's like i understand your struggle right and i'm here to help you which great right. be an ally
1: right that's you know fabulous. be an
0: ally help me out <laughs> but don't say you can relate to my experience right because i'm sorry but you cannot <laughs> yeah no you, you cannot, cannot do that <laughs>
1: but I've, like i understand like that they're coming from a good place mm-hmm. like it's very it's like well-intentioned it's like
0: it's great
1: like like you said be an ally mm-hmm. but like but i also feel like when they say that they generalize the struggle or mm-hmm. whatever again in air quotes and like every person has like a different experience so like my my blackness is different from yours and different from anyone else we could pick out of any crowd Mm -hmm. but like when you're like oh like i understand your struggle well how do you understand my specific struggle when you barely know my name yeah or (laughs) i
0: get you know that professor that's like oh i grew up like in the hood so i can relate to you i'm sorry i grew up in the valley okay (laughs) i grew up in the valley you know i come from a middle class family right
1: like, not everyone
0: comes out <laughs> Stereotypes. Stereotypes. Right. And you're a psychologist. Right. You're a psychologist. Do you they're not see a, how that's problematic? You're just an
1: educated person. Yeah. Like, you should know.
0: <laughs> that's so problematic.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So problematic.
1: Right. Like, they're shocked to find out that, like, oh, yeah, I come from a middle-class family and we lived in the suburbs. They're like, what? Like... They almost want to ask me, wait, you didn't grow up in the hood? Like, oh my goodness. And I'm like, again, not all the same person. (laughs) Not all the same experience.
0: Like, you are a person with a PhD in psychology. You know about stereotyping.
1: Right. And And you're going to do it. Yeah. And I understand that, like, we all have our biases. And, like, that somehow, like, Mm -hmm. clouds some of our judgment sometimes. Like, I get that. But I feel like when you're teaching classes, specifically psych classes, where you are literally talking about biases, stereotypes, Mm -hmm. like, you should kind of be aware, like, oh, I have those. Oh, wait, that's me. Like. Mm -hmm. Don't project them on me. (laughs) Right. Like, like I'm sorry you grew up in the hood, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, I never know what to say when people tell,
0: tell me that. Yeah.
1: I'm like. Well, I grew up in the valley, so.
0: So, (laughs) thanks (laughs) for, I don't know what growing up in the hood has to do with, you know, relating to my experience as a black person.
1: Or even the psych class. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that did for me, but I'm really glad we bonded over where we grew up.
0: Yeah, like, again, that article, that research article I read, when it says that. Majority of the things we learn in psychology come from the white undergraduate population. Right. So a lot of these, a lot of these things that we're learning in our classes can't be applied to us <laughs> at all. <sighs> can't be applied to us. Yeah, you are correct. Well, that
1: article correct, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the article's correct.
0: Shout, shout out to the article. Who's it by? Let me see. But Let like, me give this doctor a shout out. <laughs> joseph henrich henrich from the university of british columbia thank you very much for this article
1: shout out to you thank you
0: shout out to you for um shout out to you to you for um you know helping us see that we can't generalize findings when we're not in the population that are being studied
1: but i feel like Well, there's two problems. One, the population that they're choosing from, because it's not reflective of society as a whole. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like the other problem is, psych wants to be so generalized, like they want to come up with all these theories so that we can apply it to everyone. And while we all are people and like living on Earth, I feel like that's about all we have in common. Like... Culture and society and like where we grow up and socialization like all of those things are like so key They shape us. They shape us. So you can't have research and theories that apply to everyone when everyone has different like things like race is a factor socioeconomic background is a factor like the country you grow up in is even like affects your psychology Mm But, like, then, like, you'll learn that in your psych classes. They'll tell you that. And then they'll be like, well, let's read this generalized theory from 300 years ago, like... Mm-hmm.
0: And apply to everyone, still. Right.
1: Because like, it was proven. How does that makes sense? And, like, the whole thing is, like, oh, you can replicate these studies, like, but, like, are we supposed to go back and, like, do all of
0: the psych research all mm-hmm. over again?
1: Like, probably not.
0: <laughs> yeah, in my psych of diversity class, we were talking about you know checking the other box when you're mixed race or yeah. when your race is not included in the categories that are presented to you so as a researcher what do you do with the other box how can you That's a great question. How can you include that person's experiences like right okay other my experience as a black and mexican woman is gonna be different than someone else ex- someone else's experience as white and Japanese. Do you understand what I'm right. saying? But right. at the end of the day, we're, our experiences are classified as the same because we right. are the other.
1: Well, even like like for me like black and white, like black and white like you were saying, like we're all just kind of thrown together mm-hmm. and like each of our each of the different cultures that we're all a mix of like influences influences us differently. Yeah.
0: So, So like, on the study, you're either the other or you're one race. Right. And shout-out to the people that let you check off more than one box.
1: Snaps to them.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much for including (laughs) both of me. Now, I'm just looking at this article on um, diversity science, and it's quotes. I'm going to quote from the article. I'm ready. Generally speaking, psychological processes are assumed to be universal, and the study of race is regulated to work on stereotyping and prejudice. Information about the race of participants is increasingly provided, but with little information of variation among groups or examinations of how psychological processes are shaped by certain social-cultural contexts. Wow. 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 Race needs to be included. Race needs to be included so bad so bad (laughs) (sighs) the field needs to progress more
1: it does oh for sure and I don't really know where that starts because I would like to say like oh more people need to go into psych more people need to be encouraged but like that's a hard fight yeah like that's not an easy thing to just wake up one day and like make it through four years college costs money it costs money. You're going to be thought at every stop. Mm-hmm. They're, you're quest- you're going to be constantly questioned mm-hmm. and questioning if you're smart enough. Like, if you belong there. And it's like, you do belong there. You are smart enough.
0: And you can do you it. You can make it <laughs> it. I mean, I don't have all the answers. Oh, awesome. no. I, tr- I, I try <laughs> my hardest to educate myself as much as I can on how to fix these issues. You know, I'm... I'm trying to find the stats, you know, find the facts. Read scholarly articles that are peer-reviewed, people. <coughs> don't get all your information from Instagram or Twitter because it's not always right. Yeah, don't do that. It is not <laughs> always right. Please. Uh, I sh- I'm- I'll probably do a post on how to find a scholarly article. Google Scholar. But don't always believe what you read because it's a scholarly article. I mean, this paper did say that Martin Luther King promoted colorblindness, so...
1: That in itself is problematic. Yeah, it's (laughs) peer-reviewed.
0: That was (laughs) peer-reviewed. So there's other people that believe (sighs) that. But I'm trying. I am trying my hardest. We're all trying our hardest. To solve these issues. You know, all these sigmas exist. We have so many things holding us back. All we can do... Not all we can do. We can do a lot more. But educate yourself you know
1: and also another thing i would suggest or at least it's helped me is like find allies Mm
2: -hmm. like
1: for me like it's been really helpful to get involved in the black community at my school because like when i'm going through something or like keep going back to this professor like the professor that says like Just vote by mail or Mm -hmm. slavery doesn't exist. Like you can then go talk to people who are more educated than like me. Like I don't know everything. Can't even claim to know like (laughs) half of everything. So like to go and be able to talk to people who like you have that relationship with has been really helpful and really encouraging. Mm -hmm. And like I don't know, that's been one of the things like for me that's really helped and like because it's exhausting. It is being this black activist that we were talking about. Like, I guess. And you don't you don't ask to take
0: on the role. (laughs) It just gets presented on you.
1: Yes, because we don't
0: have this cultural
1: competency uh,
0: taught to our professors. (laughs) I mean, we did go to PWIs. Yeah, but I feel
1: like I don't know.
0: But then I feel I feel like this is a whole separate thing, which I have no experience on. So I will not be touching on that subject hopefully (laughs) anyone listening Mm -hmm. wants to come and give their two cents on their experience in the psych department at their schools feel free to contact me on the blackspace.me website but as far as pwis go you want this quote-unquote diversity you know it looks good to be a diverse school but you're not doing the work to make sure that these students succeed. That's big fact.
1: <laughs> That's 100% correct.
0: You're using us as selling points, Pretty in good. a sense. Now, I'm not saying all PWIs are like this. I'm sure there are some...
1: I mean, universities are businesses yes, when that it is comes true. down to it. so
0: I'm sure there are some that have their departments, you know. I feel like if, lot. They,
1: if they could get a point for it, I feel like they're going to take <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: But cultural competency, please, 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 please. Or just, like,
1: or just like, what, one, like one sociology class. Like, I feel like that would also go a really long way. Because I feel like once you take a sociology class, I know it's not your podcast stuff, but <laughs> just, I really gotta throw it in there, because... Do like, it. I'm all for it. I th- honestly think it should be a part of, like, the general education, because... Once you take one sociology class, you learn about social inequality, you learn about, like, how people have different experiences, you learn about, like, the experiences of people that are different than than you, and, like, I feel like that really is a way to open the door, because a lot of people aren't going to do outside research. Mm-hmm. That's just the truth. But if you me. take yeah. Right. <laughs> right, of course. But, like, if you just take this one class, get credit for it, like, you'll maybe, be like, oh, like not everyone lives like me. Mm -hmm. Imagine. Like, not everyone has the same college experience as I do. Not everyone's professors support them wholeheartedly all the time. Like, not everyone has, like, this automatic faith in other people. Mm -hmm. And, like, that might encourage the, like, the learning that we're talking about. Like, the cultural competency situation.
0: Yeah, I feel like everyone advocates for diversity and you know learning about new people like our school requires people to take classes in diversity right but i feel like they're going about it wrong because it's it's one thing to address diversity but it becomes problematic when you don't look at intersectionality Agreed. because you you see me as a black woman a black and mexican woman That's intersectionality.
1: Justice. That
0: that, that is intersectionality. You see me as more than just a woman, you know, or more than just a black and Mexican woman, or black and Mexican, not a woman, sorry. That's diversity. Right. But intersectionality is seeing how both of those come together and shape my experience and helps you better understand me as a person. Right and a lot of people aren't understanding that, you know. We talked about the difference between tolerance and accepting. I don't want you to just tolerate me. I hate that word. Yeah, it's not. That, that word. was that word always you have to be tolerant of other people. Why? That's it's problematic. That's <laughs> problematic. Uh, that is so problematic. Yeah. Especially when it comes to discussions about race.
1: Yeah. So problematic. So problematic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not enough to just have people of color at PWIs you know we need inclusion we can't be just thrown in here and be expected to navigate now this is probably getting off the topic of psychology and you know majoring in psych but the whole like there's a whole hidden college language you know no, there is. Yeah. that if I wasn't a part of this certain group in the beginning of college, I don't think I would be where I was now.
1: Oh, for sure not.
0: There's so, like there's a hidden lingo in college that you don't learn about, you know. And especially if you're first generation, I'm first generation college student. I don't have anyone to go to and talk about, you know, withdrawing from a class, right? Or like what classes to take for my career right it's hard oh it's It's really hard hard being a minority in college a first generation minority in college you know
1: yeah no i totally like when i was looking into switching my major so i switched my major two weeks before i went abroad Mm -hmm. and don't do that that's not like a great (laughs) plan also it was two weeks before junior year started so that was fabulous but, like, I literally, like, had no one to go to because I was, like, can I do this? What am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing with the rest of my life? Like, there was, there's really, like, no one to turn to. And, like, if I didn't have, like, the people at, at school that I've met that have now become, like, mentors and I can talk to and call, like, I would be a mess. <laughs> like, I wouldn't know where I was going in life, what I was doing, like... Even if I have like this nice little plan over here, like who knows if that's actually what I'm gonna do Yeah but like if I didn't have those resources, like I can't talk to my parents like like you said first generation, generation. like it's not something that's like they know about right yeah and like like my dad did go to school, but it's been so long and it's a completely different system now mm-hmm. like public school, private school, like all these different things like, you just are kind of out there like doing it on your own and like you didn't have those people supporting you like I like it makes it 10 times more difficult
0: and it's really frustrating when
1: you can't turn to your department oh yeah for sure so
0: I'm pretty sure I was talking to some um senior psych majors and I was asking them like what what do you want to do after college and some of them are saying like, oh, I want to go into clinical psych, forensic psych. I'm like, oh, have you taken class you know, A, B, and C? They're like, I didn't know that was a requirement. Right, because when you apply to graduate school, at least from, from my experience for clinical psych, there's certain classes you're required to have taken during your four years of college. So like abnormal psych, I had to take lifespan development. Um, I had to get certain grades and certain classes too in order to be eligible for these programs. Now, my psych department didn't tell me that.
1: I was in the psych department for two plus (laughs) years and had no idea. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I have people that are graduating. You know, school costs money. School costs a lot of money. A ton. (laughs) And you want to be this clinical psychologist, this forensic psychologist, this sports psychologist. But you didn't know that your specific program had requirements and grade requirements that you had. To take. So you're, you're your last semester of college, and you can't apply for the program you want to apply to because you need to take those classes. Right. What sets you back?
1: Yeah.
0: It sets you back, and that's problematic. It's very problematic, but I also feel like... That's the word of this podcast. <laughs> problematic. Everything's problematic.
1: Everything is problematic, but I also feel like that shows... A problem in the psych department, Mm -hmm. in that like no one reaches out to like senior psych, like or like meets with anyone or like has like a general email (laughs) sent out, like even if it was just an email, like hey, if you want to go to X Y and Z grad school, like you need to take these classes, like
0: yeah, like when I was learning like whether or not I wanted to pursue a PhD or a PsyD. No article I read told me like. By the way, you need app psych. <laughs> you need. You need, a, you need a. You need to be in stats. You need to oh. be in research methods. Oh. It's like. I didn't even know. Luckily, I, I had that. Right. <laughs> thank. Right. Thank you. Thanks to myself <laughs> for being interested in those classes, which, you know. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> but like. If I. If I didn't do the research again, going back to being not properly prepped. Right. I think I would have probably had another year here.
1: Probably to be honest. <laughs> like I'd like to be like, no, you could do it, but like Or I went no. to or I would have had
0: to go to like another school, you know, finish a right. year there had I not taken those classes by my own being, you know. Right. By my own will.
1: And I feel like that's another problem in, like, the psych department and that there's no one that's, like, looking out for minority students because, like, statistically, like, like, minority students don't always finish and, like, don't always graduate and, like, all of those different things. So I feel like if there were more um, people of color in the psych department, they'd be, like... Hey, like we need to reach out to these students. Yeah, we need to make sure they're okay. We need to make sure they have everything they need, taking the right classes. They know what grad school looks like mm-hmm. because realistically, you can't do
0: anything. Yeah, <laughs> or like maybe with two things. Yeah, with you're very limited with the BA. Right. It's like, so like, but still major in it. Still, still major in it because we need you. <laughs>
1: we need you. But like, realistically, you're going to grad school. Yeah, and that just has to be like. The expectation. But I don't know why psych departments act like it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. So they don't tell anyone. Yeah. Like, oh, well, only like a couple people go to grad school. So like, we don't have to tell everyone. And it's like, no, most most people should. Yeah, you <laughs> do to something. To get a license.
0: Yeah. Right. And I feel like if we had these conversations, you know, more people, not necessarily just black people, but more people in the psych department at least in our school, we don't know how other schools are again, but right. at least in our school, would be encouraged to finish and feel properly educated mm-hmm. during the whole graduate process, which can help us increase the number of therapists we have, right? Especially therapists of color, therapists of color, we need you.
1: Shout out to future therapists of, of color. color.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but these people, you know, could go out for their Ph.D.s and teach at universities right. knowing these injustices that exist at some PWIs and educate students that were in their same position, students of color in their same position about people that looked like them that reformed the field of psychology. Like we all know about Skinner. Right. Okay?
1: And Freud. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we all we all know about these old white men.
1: <laughs> this is bad.
0: But again, I didn't know about Kenneth B. Clark. Oh, no. I, to, I honestly, yeah. I didn't
1: even know until you told me, like, an hour ago.
0: I didn't know about <laughs> like, George Chantaz, who talked about, like, the issues of intelligence testing. Right. I I knew nothing about this without my own side research. Right. And then, I, j- I just don't understand how they don't see it as problematic.
1: I feel like at a certain point it's not that they just don't know but it's like willful ignorance where it's like they know and they just decide not to do anything about Mm. it but I feel like that's a problem just generally across like academia cause like again whole another podcast topic but like we should like honestly rewrite all of our like our middle school high school textbooks
0: too like if we're gonna talk about like being like honest Mm -hmm.
1: and like teaching the real history like
0: the greater american narrative right
1: and like again not just the history of old white men
0: (laughs) yeah because going back to the stigma it makes psychology a thing for white people right when you're constantly learning about this white psychologist did this for the field and that for the field and A, B, and C was discovered by...
1: And basically white people founded the whole study. Yeah. The whole, like, topic of psychology.
0: Like... It just, it makes it hard to want to stick into it. Right. When you never learn about anyone like you.
1: Right. When there were definitely 100% people of color that
0: have contributed to the field. Like, we always learn about the American Psychology Association.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But... I didn't even know that there was a National Black Psychologist Association until I went to college.
1: Well, wow, I am learning or my, so my bad, much. the
0: Association of Black Psychologists, the ABP. I am learning so much. <laughs> yeah, and we are black uh, right. Black people in psychology. Right, and no one told me. <sighs> So wow. much work has to be done. So much. So much work has to be done.
1: Way more than I thought. <laughs> to be honest. Because that, like, the lack of, like, lessons and lectures on people of color and. There's a whole association that exists that I didn't even know.
0: And you were a psych major. That's
1: a big problem. That's very
0: problematic. <laughs> problematic. <laughs> problematic. <laughs> Just at the end of the day, when you want to affect change, you see these issues existing, but none of your classes are talking about them or simply addressing them but not offering solutions. You're forced to do side research, or you just sit there and take it. Right. And at the end of the day, we need to learn about people of color in psychology.
1: We do. And the whole association that exists.
0: Yes, because I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I went to college, that there was actually an association for black psychologists. I think that's it. Any any final thoughts you want to say?
1: I'm a little shook. I didn't know a whole association <laughs> existed. <laughs> but now I know. And that's very exciting. Because that means there are people out there like doing the work. Yeah. So I feel like there just needs to be like a connection. We just need
0: more. We just need more. Yeah. We just need more.